everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Gardening is one of the most popular hobbies among people in their golden years. On today's show, we will be talking with Tony Gattoni, author of a delightful book called The Lifelong Gardener. Garden with ease and joy at any age. Tony will be giving us some great tips to help us continue to enjoy growing plants and tending to our yards. But first, Richard is going to tell us about our Codger of the Week. Richard? Harry Belafonte went home last week. He died in New York at age 96. The banana boat song he crooned captured an American generation that had almost certainly never seen such a boat. Born in 1927 in Harlem of Caribbean parents, Belafonte dazzled the country with his good looks and mellow voice. RCA Victor, his record company, christened him the King of Calypso. The record album that featured the banana boat song topped the charts in 1956 and remained there for an astounding 31 weeks. It sold more than a million copies. We were all humming along. He sang to sold-out arenas across the country. Music was but one of his passions. He appeared in numerous movies when black stars were virtually non-existent. His pal, Sidney Poitier, took up where Belafonte left off becoming a bona fide box office draw as a leading man. It mattered not to Belafonte. What mattered most was America's civil rights crisis. He became a close friend and collaborator of Martin Luther King Jr. He took part in organizing King's March on Washington in 1963 and brought along show business friends Charlton Heston, Burt Lancaster, and Sidney Poitier. For years, he bailed out jailed civil rights protesters. He backed King's organizations with money and vocal support. He also joined Nelson Mandela in the fight against apartheid in South Africa. He never gave up his political activism, and in 1987 was made UNICEF's goodwill ambassador. In later life, he was honored time and time again, both for his singing and for his efforts to affirm civil rights. Harry Belafonte remained active up to the end. In 2020, he published an opinion piece in the New York Times urging people to vote. He is a codger in the news, and we remember him as a genuine American hero. Thanks, Richard. Our special guest today is Tony Gattoni, who is the author of a great book called The Lifelong Gardener, Garden with Ease and Joy at Any Age. Tony is a master gardener, And she's also an award-winning speaker and a business entrepreneur who sells ergonomic gardening tools from her Resilient Gardener online store. Tony Gatoni, welcome to Camp Codger. Oh, thank you, Randy and Gary and Richard. It's so great to be here. Well, today, guess what? We're going to talk a lot about gardening. Yay! Which is is (laughs) right in your wheelhouse. Absolutely. You and I have known each other for years. We are both members of GardenCom, which is a delightful association of garden communicators, garden writers, garden speakers, people just like you 
and sort of like me. So tell our listeners what prompted you to write a book called The Lifelong Gardener. Well, it was actually when when my bad back went out. The pain that I was experiencing put me down. I couldn't stand the thought of living on pain pills. But one day I I was looking out my sliding glass door to my patio, and I'm looking at my roses, and I'm saying, wow, they really need to be deadheaded. But I knew there was no way I could do it. So I remembered a concept called adaptive gardening that I had seen in a newspaper somewhere. I took another pain pill. I went to the other end of the house and looked through my office files until I found it. And I spent the remainder of that time recuperating, researching the subject. You know, I just thought, wow, this is so cool. And guess what? I'm not alone. (laughs) I looked around where I live in Marin County, where 25% of the population is over 65. Mm -hmm. And I realized this is information that a lot of people are going to want. So I just went from there. So what does that term adaptive gardening mean? It's basically helps you to look at your garden and adapt it for your physical challenges or issues, whatever they may be. In my case with a bad back, which is probably 80% of the people as we get older have some kind of back pain. So for, for people with bad backs, you adapt by bringing your garden up so that you don't have to bend over, so you don't have to kneel down. And then there's other things that you can do. So even if you've been gardening for 30, 40, 50 years, it's how can you adapt how you garden, when you garden, and what tools do you garden with when you're out there working? All of those tools can help you to adapt and modify and change. You know, you make it sound so so simple and so brilliant. I've not heard it described that well before. So obviously we're talking to the right person on this topic. (laughs) Tony, in your book, 10 Rules to Live By, one of my favorites is you deserve a safe and comfortable garden to work in. I think that's a great baseline to start with. For you, what was safe and comfortable and what changes did you have to make? The changes that I made was to, first of all, look around our garden and find ways that I could do things easier than I had in the past. Using a wheelbarrow, for example, is exhausting when you have a bad back. Better to have some kind of a cart or a wagon that is safer because if you've ever dumped a wheelbarrow, you know how that can torque your back. Sure. If you dump it wrong, that one wheel becomes unbalanced and it tips to the left or the right, that's that's a disaster if you got a bad back. Absolutely. In many ways, your book is about the mental aspects of gardening. When did you discover that senior gardening is a state of mind? Is, is it almost meditative Absolutely. to you? Even when you do have pain, when you're out in the garden, all you can really think about is that plant in front of you. Also, when it comes to weeding, Weeding can be meditative if you look at it the right way. If you're doing it in a way that that you're comfortable, that you're not in pain, I tend to go out with my earbuds on. And so I'm listening to music or a podcast when I'm weeding. It makes the time go by effortlessly. And it is truly like meditation. 
I've always found that to be true. One of the things I like about gardening is the just the physical nature of it. And I like mm-hmm. the details because it does kind of get you in the zone. When you're not working real hard, that's just a different kind of gardening. The little minute stuff, taking individual leaves off of a plant to make it look really sharp. I've always found that very satisfying. Exactly. It gives me a sense of peace and a huge sense of satisfaction. When you look back at the work that you've put in, you've got that burst of color or you've got plants that just look more vibrant because of the work that you've done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, and even social. Gardening can be a social endeavor. I'm a proponent of doing garden parties. And so in the spring, when you have a lot of work to do, have some friends come over, you know, give them some assignments of some work that they can, they can help you with and then feed them. <laughs> we did this once and we gave them salads with everything made from our garden. We did a lavender basil iced tea. And for those who are interested, we added a little vodka. We had a great <laughs> garden party. We got a lot done and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> when I'm in your neighborhood again, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I get invited to your garden party. That yeah. sounds delightful. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things you talked about is getting rid of stuff. Stuff. Gardening stuff. We did an episode on stuff. What are some of your recommendations for getting rid of this stuff? One of the things that happens as we get older, I mean, our bodies change. Unfortunately, one of the things that we experience is, is our balance is off. So it's really, really, really important for us to eliminate all clutter from our walking paths, mm-hmm. clean out our tool shed or garage so we don't accidentally step on a rake and it hits us in the forehead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So that the main thing is that you want to keep things clear to prevent you falling down. Something else that you can do is to go through all of your tools, eliminate tools that just aren't comfortable. You know, maybe one that you've had for years and years, maybe it was your father's or something, but it just doesn't work in your hand the way it used to. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Or if it's something you really love, hang it up. But to eliminate tools that don't work as effectively as they should. I take care of my tools, so I never have rust. But if they are rusted and you really want to try to clean them up, knock yourself out. The way I look at it, the rust is going to come back. So so take care of the tools so you don't get the rust in the first place. But when you get the rust, replace it with a good ergonomic tool. Some people are rust removers naturally. (laughs) Some people are just rust collectors. And they're the ones that need to replace their tools. I love your description of basically when you get older, sometimes clutter is a safety issue. I hadn't thought of it that way before. But I also loved in your book, you basically give it a quick one-page summary of how to declutter, right? Put things in piles. My favorite was, you know, you've got the keep it pile, the give it away, the sell it, donate it, trash it. And I love your little note at the bottom of that page. It says, there is no maybe pile. (laughs) My whole office is a maybe pile. (laughs) That's that's the one that gets me always. Well, do I want it? Do I not? 
Yeah, well, you never know is another pile that you don't need. Clutter is something, and you know, as we get older, I think that's something we really should be doing on an ongoing basis anyway. I look at it from the standpoint of, I don't want my kids coming in and having to do this work. I tend to do it on an ongoing basis to make it easier for them if I should get hit by a, a trowel tomorrow. And uh, a, falling, a falling trowel. A falling trowel. You never know. You never know, Randy. Things will be done and I don't have to worry about it. There's a book in there, The Dangers of Gardening. <laughs> Absolutely. But also, you know, when thinking about the balance issue, if you have hedges and you have to get up on a ladder. Right, right. Think about it. If you have balance issues, you, first of all, you shouldn't be on a ladder anyway. But secondarily, if you have decreased muscle strength in your hands, think about you've got a hedge trimmer, a power hedge trimmer in your hands, and you are got a balance issue, and you're on a ladder. Now, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. But it truly is. A power tool and an old person on a ladder. <laughs> what a combination. I, I think one of the things that, that happens as we get older is that you know, our bodies don't work the way they used to, but our minds are still hopefully pretty darn sharp. So we think like a 45-year-old. You know, So you're out there working away, you're having a grand old time, and you think, ah, just one more. I'll just do one more. <laughs> just a little more just stretch. Little, I can get yeah, there. I can, I can reach, reach that. that. <laughs> and boom, that's when it happens. So, <laughs> it does every, every single time. time. One of the things you do get rid of is ladders. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's maybe an, an important thing to sure. think about. Even stairs. I was mm -hmm. consulting with a, a woman who uh, was in her late 70s and she wanted to have her garden adapted. And her biggest problem was that she had 15 stairs down to her vegetable garden Ooh. and she needed a hip replacement. Thank she you. went ahead with the surgery. She used her time recuperating to bring contractors in basically said, can I do this? Can I put in a ramp to eliminate mm. these stairs? Unfortunately, she didn't have the room for it, but she did end up selling that house and buying everything on one level because gardening was so important to her. That's a whole different way to adapt, huh? It, it is, most definitely. Yeah. One of the sections in, uh, in The Lifelong Gardener is all about stretching and exercise, which I thought was a great addition to a gardening book for seniors, basically. Mm. Do you always stretch before you get in the garden? I can't say I always do it, but I do try to do some kind of stretching, dancing, even some yoga. I tend to do yoga in the morning. Anything that you can do to warm up your body before you go out, because we tend to keep doing the same things over and over, and that's how we hurt ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if we warm up first and garden consciously, we're far less uh, likely to hurt ourselves. I'm a tool guy, and I really like the idea that you take care of your tools I think that's kind of neat. So what are the tools that you think every gardener must have? The first and foremost, of course, is a good quality pruner. And I say quality, I'm not saying a $12 pruner. I'm saying spend the money, buy the best quality pruner that fits your hand, that also fits your budget. But a good quality pruner is going to be 40 50 60 up to $80. But it's the one tool that you use constantly. 
it's the best investment that you can make. When I go out to garden, I always have gloves because I'm a glove girl. I get manicures and I bring several different kinds of gloves if I'm doing light gardening versus heavy gardening. I always have my pruner. I have a ratchet lopper that I absolutely adore. Oh, I got to jump in there. I I got one about 15 years ago, and I thought my life was changed. It's so wonderful. I know. You know, because you start losing a little bit of muscle strength, Mm -hmm. and you realize the tools can be your friend. You get the right tool, and it's all of a sudden it's your best friend in the garden. Right, right. While a ratchet pruner, I'm, I'm still challenged to find a ratchet pruner that fits my hand. They're either usually too large or too small. But this ratchet lopper is shorter than most, it's lighter than most, and it's stronger than most. So yeah. I always bring that with. I always have a soil scoop and I always have a weeder because I never know what I'm going to anticipate. Before I go out, I take the time to um, sharpen my tools. Speaking of accidents, dull tools mm-hmm. and dull knives are the worst thing in the world. I'm an advocate of quality tools like yourself, because if it's a sharp tool, it's easier to use. You're not stressing, you're not straining, you're not putting yourself in a bad position. And it gets the job done, which is what you want. Right. And and the plant is happier because it's a a sharp cut rather than a ragged cut. So yeah, it really does make a difference if you take care of your tools. The most important thing is comfort. Does that tool fit well in your hand. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, put it in that give it away pile or sell it or whatever you want to do. One of the things I loved in your book, there's a photo of a, a length of PVC pipe being used as a way to plant seeds. Right. Is that something that you came up with? And, and tell us more about that. Gosh, I'm not sure exactly. I personally didn't come up with it. I'm not sure exactly what the source was where I found it. You know, you cut a a piece of PVC that's the length from your waist to the ground. And this is ideal for people who don't want to bend over, by the way. So it's a no-bend seed planter or bulb planter. So you use that PVC pipe standing up and to, first of all, make a furrow in the soil and then go back and drop a seed down and move it appropriately three, four, five inches, whatever appropriate for that plant, put another seed down there, move it, do the same thing again, and then use the PVC to kind of cover it up. And you can use the say you can use the same thing to plant bulbs if the PVC is wide enough. Right. Big enough around so the bulb can fall through it. Right. Uh, that's yeah. such a brilliant, such a simple, brilliant idea. <laughs> it's so I simple. could I could have saved my back so many times. <laughs> I know. Especially planting bulbs when you get down on your hands and knees and exactly. oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. I just heard from a from a reader who is in a wheelchair. She ended up incorporating that again shorter because she's sitting. And she said, oh, my God, for the first time, my bulbs are coming up because I haven't been able to plant them for a decade. And it was like, yay! That's a great story. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. I like that. One of the interesting things you mentioned is it it keeps you from having to get down. And one of the cliches about old people is never get down on your hands and knees without a plan for how you're going to get back up again. <laughs> exactly. And Gary, that reminds me of a tool that I think every gardener should have. 
and it's a reversible kneeler bench. It's, it's so simple. I mean, I've got three of them, and I have a very tiny, tiny little garden. But I have three of them all at key locations because you can kneel down on it. You can push down on the legs to get back up. Oh, That's the hard okay. part, right? Yeah, or yeah. you turn it upside down, and you can sit on it. So it's a kneeler bench. It's a great reversible. idea. Yeah. Great idea. Every That's... gardener should have one of those, if not more. In a past life, you were actually selling tools to retail stores, right? Right. So right. you're a real tool gal. You you know your tools. I do. I do. I, I can tell the difference between a, a quality tool and one that's trying to be quality. It's like... <laughs> what, trying to be. <laughs> right. Like it's, but it's like older tools. Like so many gardeners have older tools with a wooden handle. And that's fine, except you kind of have to sand them every now and then so you don't get splinters. But more than that, they're heavier. They're also not as comfortable. If you get a tool that has an um, ergonomic grip on it, that there's a little bit of cushion to it. And it's also, they typically come in other colors so that you won't accidentally lose the tool in your debris pile when you're out there pruning with gusto. Oh, you know? oh something that's not green or whatever, right? Uh, exactly. I, every gardener I know has lost at least one tool. So I suggest to people to add color to their tools so that won't happen again. Well, you've covered your go-to tool set, which is simple and brilliant. What other kind of tool is better now than it used to be just because it's more ergonomic and more comfortable to use? Yeah, well, I think the two are the sharpeners that has an ergonomic grip, and it's got a long blade on it. It's probably six or seven inches long. To me, it doesn't make any sense to have a little tiny sharpener that's this big because you'll either you'll lose it or you'll hurt yourself using it right. so go with one that's longer but also i have a hoary hoary knife that is the best tool because when you've really got to get out there and you need strength a hoary hoary knife is probably one of the strongest tools that you can work with i dug up bamboo with the hoary hoary and none of it came back I cut perennials. I mean, it it slices it like bread. It's that good. Those are my two suggestions. Awesome. But the most important thing about a hoary hoary knife is to get one that has a good leather sheath because it's got a pointy end on it. And the first one I bought had a plastic sheath. And you know what happened. It came through, and of course, I, I hurt myself. So get one that has a leather sheath. Goes back to, to quality, doesn't it? Buy quality tools that last. Quality, safety, and comfort. So what else do we need to know about adaptive gardening? Well, to think like the gardener, to anticipate what needs to be done, to anticipate the weather. You know, as we get older, we don't tolerate high heat the way we used to. Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> yes, yes. So it's really important to look at what the weather forecast is going to be and to plan your day so that if you've got a lot of work to do, do it early in the morning or later in the afternoon or early evening. Always have an SPF 50 sunscreen. And if you're looking for a good wide-brimmed hat, a UPF 50 is the sun protection rating code that can really help you to buy any kind of apparel to protect your arms 
or, you know, to keep the sun out of your face. Think in terms of how I can do what I love to do and to take care of my body at the same time. I think that's really important. That's great. Well, you're in your 70s now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you envision gardening for the rest of your life, or do you see yourself aging out of gardening? First of all, I never saw myself ever turning 75. It's It's always a surprise, isn't it? How did this happen? Yes, for as long as I can, I really hope to, because it brings me such joy. My roses right now are, you know, there's nothing as magnificent as the first blossoms that come in spring. To be able to go out and bring in a magnificent bouquet of flowers or to pick some salad green for dinner or lunch, I mean, that brings a great deal of satisfaction that I want to share with as many people as possible. I think that's my goal in life. Yeah. So I'm not stopping yet, Randy. You can always scale back the size of your garden as you get older and still be able to garden, but you don't necessarily have to be farming the back 40 or something like that. Well, I think it's important for gardeners to to get in touch with that and to say, okay, what's real? What can I really do this year? And maybe focus in the area around your home where you're going to be entertaining, but to really work on what's comfortable for you, not what you've always done, because our bodies aren't the way they always used to be. Well, Tony, it has been a real pleasure to have you on Camp Codger. Thank you so much. We appreciate your wisdom and everything. My pleasure. My pleasure, guys. Yeah, no, it was great. So, Tony, where can listeners find out more about your book, your blog, and your online store? Well, um, the easiest thing to do is to go to TonyGatoni.com, T-O-N-I-G-A-T-T-O-N-E.com. And that's where I have all my blogs. That's where you can order my book. If you order it there, I will autograph it and send it to you, free shipping. I offer a discount for two or more books purchased. Uh, But you can also buy it online at Amazon or independent booksellers wherever you live. Awesome. Thank you again. You are an inspiration to everyone who loves to garden. And a big thank you to all of you campers out there, whether you're gardeners or not. Thank you for listening to Camp Codger every week. Please leave us a comment at campcodger.com and let us know what's on your mind. Join us again next week here at camp. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger on your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com. Post a comment at www.campcodger.com or leave a voicemail at 505 216-6171.